What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who can organize a nice event, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Well, I wouldn't put organization as my top skill, but I do have the call to, to organize things at times, and I had to ask by the uh, archdiocese to help pull our southern deanery together, the, the deacons and their spouses, and and you know, quite frankly, I, I just I just did plug and play. <laughs> <laughs> I knew people who knew people and connected them up and, and it turned out to be great. Well, no matter how it was that you organized it, you and I had a wonderful opportunity to sit down, enjoy a meal with the auxiliary bishop of the Archdiocese of Seattle, uh, Bishop Frank Schuster. Now he's the newer of the ordained, I think was just in the last couple of years. The thing, though, that really struck me about that meal, well, actually a couple of things. One, it was great to get together with the deacons and their wives. We missed the October gathering, so we weren't able to see everybody. So it was nice to at least get together with those that lived close by. The other thing, though, that really struck me that was wonderful about this event is Bishop Schuster arranged this through the Diaconate Vocations Office of the Archdiocese of Seattle. He drove from Tacoma Federal Way area. Drove, that was over a couple of hours probably when you consider traffic, drove down to Vancouver just to have dinner with us. And then he drove home Mm -hmm. that evening because he had an early meeting. It was a really important, so often when we do things or we run errands or we go someplace, we tack on a whole lot of other things. And sometimes for the person who's part of that visit, it seems less important. I mean, because you're just going to add all these other things around it. But it was important enough for Bishop Schuster to meet with us that he would make that trip to see us and then go back. It was very special to have time with him. Yeah, and he's just such a such a learned man, and he's so humble about it. I mean, he just he he shared with us how he just is a person who says yes to God. That all of his his uh, his life, he can look back on and see that people asked him to do things, and he said, "Sure, yes." From serving in the church to then being asked to consider entering uh, the priesthood, and then. You know, finally to this point of being asked by, as he described, you know, the the nuncio calling him to say, you've been chosen and not giving the, the room to say no. But he said, I had no hesitation to say yes, because I had been formed that way my entire life. So it's just beautiful how he comes from that, that humble place, but he's so confident in the Lord. And he, he expresses that when he talks about uh, the faith and talks about the history of the faith, which he has a licentiate, which is a, a degree beyond the degree necessary to become a priest. He stayed longer, he said, to get his licentiate in church history. And it's just, boy, it just, just pours out of him beautifully as he talks about the councils and the history of how the church got to where it is today. And you can just see he just gets exuberant about talking to him about our faith. 
And two things that I loved also about our conversation is he just said when we were all done eating is, all right, you have my time. Ask me anything you want. Of course, he did share that outstanding story. We laughed really hard because he said he was sitting watching a TV when his phone rang and he looked at the caller ID and it said, apostolic nuncio and that was the call when he was being elevated to bishop but the other thing that stood out to me was one of the deacons asked bishop is the church alive and without hesitation bishop schuster said yes yes the church is alive now he had gone to world youth day and what he pointed out and i didn't realize is that where else Would you hear about a million young people gathering together and praising God and celebrating their faith? Because he said there wasn't a major news network in the United States that covered that event. And that was a huge world event. And he said by being there, he could see, especially in the faces of these young people gathered, that our church is alive. And that these Mm -hmm. young people were gathered together for this event and then on a mission back to their homes to spread that message. That made me feel so good hearing that. Oh, it was. It was just tremendous. And you're right. You know, he he pointed out, in fact, I think it was 1.2 million that appeared at the mass that the the Pope uh, did adoration at. And when adoration took place and the and the Pope did benediction, he said it was so silent in that 1.2 million people crowd that you could hear the birds singing and you could hear the wind. He said it was just utter focus by 1.2 million young people. And he said, and that just really emphasized to him, the church is alive. These people, these young people, they get it. Yes. They get it. They get it. I love that. And the other thing he told me, Scott, was uh, get off of social media if it's bringing you down. And I appreciate those (laughs) words as well. And that's something that I think I'd like to carry on during this new year. We just celebrated this week the baptism of the Lord. Now, that officially ends the Christmas liturgical season. The priest and you, the good deacon, you are back in green vestments. We are in ordinary time. And today on the show, we are going to talk to our good friend, Dina Marie Hale. She was on the morning show and she's going to share with us now again how we can take these ordinary weeks of the liturgical calendar to really grow in our faith as we journey towards Ash Wednesday. And then after that, we can share just in terms of our own experience how you can really find the extraordinary in what otherwise may seem ordinary. So stay with us. we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. These are the days With Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak coming to you from Waikiki Beach. Uh, the surf outside today is flat. I looked up at my window, there wasn't a single ripple anywhere. And surfers have a saying, when the surf is flat, pray for surf. 
You know, it's a, it's a spiritual principle too. There's a scripture verse that says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not grow faint. Um, the whole concept of waiting is such a big element of faith and of hope. But, you know, the, the Hebrew word for wait uh, was used more like an, a fisherman mending his net, preparing the net for the next time they paddle out, the next time they row out, I should say, uh, to go fishing. So waiting on the Lord is not just waiting and, you know, twiddling your thumbs and listening to the latest music on Pandora. Waiting on the Lord is an active thing. It's not a passive thing. When we say pray for surf, that's what, that's what the Lord means. You know, pray that, pray and wait for the, for the Lord to move. And so the time of, of waiting is a time of preparation. Most of the inner qualities of character building in our lives happen during the time of, of waiting, during the time when it's dry, during the time when we're in the desert. When everything is going so great, we don't need a lot of godly character. We just go in with the flow. But when things aren't going the way we want them to, when there's no surf, when there's no fish, you know, when we want to go fishing, when there's when there's no move of God, apparent move of God in our lives, that's when really the growth is established. That's when we learn to love God, not for what he can do for us, but for who he is. So during this time right now in Waikiki, when the surf is flat, I'm going to go out for a long paddle on my stand-up paddleboard. And the whole time I'm paddling, most of that time I'm spending in prayer. So I'm uh, encouraging you, if you're going through a kind of a dry time in your life, wait on the Lord. Renew your strength. This is Bear Wozniak with Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com. Join Mater Day Radio and Sister Anne-Marie Warren in a prayer for vocations. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Holy Spirit, Spirit of wisdom and divine love, impart your knowledge, understanding, and counsel to youth that they may know the vocation wherein they can best serve God. Give them courage and strength to follow God's holy will. Guide their uncertain steps. Strengthen their resolutions. Shield their chastity. Fashion their minds. Conquer their hearts. And lead them to the vineyards where they will labor in God's holy service. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Mater Dei Radio's prayer team is renewing our commitment to pray for you throughout 2024. It may be a leap year, but we won't skip any opportunity to strengthen your spiritual life, including our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the Sacred Mysteries of Christ and Our Lady in the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and Catholic Reflections that will truly inspire you. Our dedicated team also prays for your personal request on Mater Dei Radio's prayer hotline. These powerful intercessors are waiting to hear from you now at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or you can send them your intentions through MatraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. We're ready to leap into action and fill up 2024 with prayer and thanksgiving at Matraday Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Dei Radio. 
Well, somebody who waits on nothing when she sees something ahead of her, especially when it comes to her faith, she is one to get right at it. Our good friend Dina Marie, having spent a beautiful Christmas season celebrating up north in Longview, joining us this morning to help us remember that there is nothing ordinary about ordinary time. Our good friend Dina Marie. Good morning, Dina Marie. We'd say Merry Christmas, but we might be a day late. N- never a dollar <laughs> short, though. Well, greetings. Good morning, Pat, Brenda, and Eric over there. It is a beautiful day. I'll still say Merry Christmas. My nativity set is still set up, and I'm going to keep it there until at least the presentation of the Lord. Yes, yes. One of my traditions, you know, that baby Jesus is still an infant in the in the in the cradle, so he's still. You know, I'm going to keep those decorations in my living room because that's where I do my Bible in a year uh, podcast with Father <laughs> Mike and Matter Day Radio is right there. So I want to be surrounded by baby Jesus, the Holy Family, uh, all those wise men and shepherds. They can be studying along with me. So I've got them there, Brenda, for another few weeks. Uh, I I love that idea, Dana Marie. I've got my nativity still set up in my entryway. So I think with everything else that is coming down, I think that nativity scene, I'm going to keep it up just a little bit longer. You have inspired me for sure. Dana Marie, (laughs) I love too what you've seen. Now at the beginning of the year here at Matra Day Radio, we made a little bit of a shift in our programming lineup. So at six o'clock, you uh, actually you start at five o'clock with the math. Then at six o'clock, you can pray the rosary with Archbishop Sample. Then at 6.30, Dina Marie, it sounds like you are doing the Bible in a Year podcast here at Mater Day Radio. What do you think so far? I am excited. You know, we're on day nine. We've done nine in a row. And, and you know, I haven't read all the way through uh, the Bible. I don't know how many people have. It's confusing. I'm glad that we have a guide And I had been hearing about the podcast, obviously, but I never jumped in on it. And I thought, okay, you guys have provided the opportunity where we can do this. We can do it together. So like I know, Pat, you've been talking about you need to have accountability partner to be able to do these types of things with. Not only do I have my husband every morning, we got to get up before 6 o'clock to get to the rosary, but I've got all of Modern Day Radio listeners, so we're all (laughs) doing this together, and we're reading the Bible, we're reflecting, we're praying, and we're building our community. I think it's awesome. I think that's the beautiful part about the universality of our Catholic faith. We are never alone. We are never Mm -hmm. alone. And you think about all of the people doing that Bible in a year right along with you. Think about the thousands and thousands of people across the country, even, who are growing in faith together. Our good friend Dina Marie joining us today, sharing a little bit about her new year and her plans to grow in faith. Dina Marie, this time of year now, as Pat said earlier in the show, he is donning his green shirt. We are back (laughs) in ordinary times. The vestments and colors liturgically in church are green the priests and deacons they're wearing green and again people would want to maybe think well there's nothing special that's why we call it ordinary time and it's from now until valentine's day because that begins the lenten journey but this is a really important time of year to take the excitement from christmas and that just joy that we have in the incarnation and we've got to carry it through to lent what are some of the things that you do and that people can involve themselves in to make this anything but ordinary. Right, right, Brenda. And ordinary time is really just we're counting. We're counting the weeks. So we have so many weeks in a year. 
Some weeks are dedicated to Advent, Christmas, Lent, Easter, Pentecost, but then there's those ordered weeks. And so certainly there's nothing ordinary about that. I think about that color green. When you're green, you grow. And we're going to get so much rain that we're going to have so much green in the springtime. We've got to grow in our faith. So when we're brown, we rot, you know, and so let's get into the green. Let's get into how can I grow? And I do challenge our listeners because, you know, I I didn't do it for the first couple of years. Father Mike had the Bible in a, in a year timeline or Bible in a year podcast. Is that something that you can do to grow is to get into the scriptures? And I challenged our, our parishioners locally at Immaculate Heart on Sunday. I said, this is the time of year. It's the year of prayer. Pope Francis has called this 2024 a year of prayer. How can you make a year of prayer better? Get involved in your parish. Take on a ministry. Maybe it's going to the Adoration Chapel, helping as a reader, helping as an usher, helping as a greeter. Ask Father, what do you need most to help with on a regular basis? Something that's going to get you involved in your parish. I really encourage people at the beginning of New Year, that's how you're going to be more attentive to Christ's presence right there in the Holy Eucharist. So, Scripture, get involved in your parish and boost up your time of adoration. Uh, we're in a Eucharistic revival. We need to revive our own identity with recognizing Jesus Christ is right there, present in the Holy Eucharist. Let's spend some time with Him. So I'd encourage people to figure out what can you cut out of your schedule. Do you need to get rid of screen time? Do you need to turn off your phone a couple of hours out of the day? Do you need to just spend some time in quiet? Those beautiful walks I hear Pat talk about, those are times where you can just contemplate. Don't get on a podcast. Just get you and, and pray. Hold on to that rosary. Take that rosary with you. But I think really getting back to basics. This is something that I'm starting to do is let's get back to basics. I've started to kind of take out of some things that have busied my life so I can have more time to be with the Lord, be with the people of the Lord as well. And I really encourage people, get involved, get involved, get involved. We need to be part of community. And that is what I love modern day radio about, because you encourage us to be involved in your parish community. You are part of our community, and we really need to do that Jesus called us two by two, one by one. He's calling us in community, and that's what 2024 is going to be about, community and prayer and focusing on Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Well, okay, so I have been busy writing. Here's what I got from Dana Marie. Uh, In green, you grow back to the basics. Be with the Lord. I think those are all fantastic things to remember for these season, these weeks leading up to uh, the Lenten journey. Wow, Dina Marie, you are an inspiration. And thanks so much for joining us. Now, I know your schedule is going to start filling up for the Lenten season. And as we get closer to Ash Wednesday, will you join us back on the Morning Blend? Talk about all of the ways during the Lenten season they can grow in faith right along with you. You bet. Absolutely. Brenda will be doing it. And again, folks, 630 in the morning, let's do Bible uh, in a year podcast together on Modern Day Radio.
Scott, just like Bishop Schuster, who said that he was always asked questions and he would say yes, I can always count on Dina Marie whenever we have an opportunity to have uh, her on the show. She says yes. Yes, I'm available. Call me. And that is exactly what happened. And it is exciting to hear her be excited about her faith. We constantly remind ourselves and we talk about on our show and on the uh, the morning blend. There is nothing ordinary about the ordinary days in our liturgical calendar because there's nothing ordinary about our faith. Right. So this is a time that we do the work. We're coming off of the celebration of Christmas. It's that renewal. Of course, our mantle starts to look less special because I take all of the decorations down. But this is the time to get at the work of growing in faith. Yeah, to do the good work as as uh, St. Paul uh, reminds us, that's our call as Christians to do the good work. And that good work is the will of God. And we do that not in the visual extraordinary, we do it in the simple ordinary. And in the simple ordinary, um, I think for Americans, we tend to think of ordinary in that blasé kind of dull. Sure. And that's not at all what the church sees. The church sees ordinary as we have a stepwise process through the year to lead the church liturgically through the gospel for that year. And we go through a progression of the Gospels over a three-year period. And so this year, we're going to be focusing on Mark and looking at how Mark, uh, in his very simple, down-to-earth speak, can speak so eloquently in, in the, the way that he, sa- he says what he saw. And, you know, contrasting that from, we're just coming out from Matthew, who was, who was very very elaborate in his description of the Christ child's lineage, very descriptive about events that took place, uh, much like John in, in, in some ways. But Mark is very matter of fact, and that's what I love about Mark. And so this year we get to break that open during ordinary time through the ordered process of the church to understand Mark's perspective, which, you know, for the the gospels, they're, they're called a synoptic for those three that we go through, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they they were they speak they see through one through one eye. That's what that synoptic means. But they all have their their particular connection as as the individuals that they are, and that's the beautiful part about it. Because each one of us can be inspired to bring our individuality that Christ has created and knew before we were even uh, a thought on our parents' heart to make that special in the ordinary of life, in the ordered process of life. So, I, you know, I, I take that and I, I look at it in that picture. Each time I, I stand up and, and preach the gospel, I'm thinking I have to live this myself and be authentic in my life each and every day, not just at the high times, not just at the spectacular times, not just for a Christer view, the Christmas Easter tendency mm-hmm. that... Uh, many many of our brothers and sisters have fallen into, but to come back to, I'm connected each and every Sunday, each and every day of the Lord to understand more deeply who he is through the gospel. Scott, in the opening part of our show today, we were talking about Bishop Schuster, who came to that very special meal. And a good comparison I like with that is I said, you know, he came all the way down to Vancouver, drove two hours just to have dinner with us and then drove home. 
he didn't tack on a whole lot of things to that visit. He had a single focus. He did that mission, that dinner, and then came back. As we lead into these ordinary days, as we journey towards Lent, we don't have to do all kinds of things. You think about like, again, we talked last week about New Year's resolutions and I'm going to do all of these things and I'm growing in my faith and I'm going to do morning prayer every day and I'm going to do examination every month and I'm going to do all these things, right? God doesn't need us to do everything. Be singular in this journey towards the land. Be singular in this mission during ordinary weeks that just focus on one thing and do it well. And then, you know, you might find that you find like, okay, now I've done this. I'm going to do one more thing and then do that one thing because Lent is going to be here. In fact, Lent falls on St. Valentine's Day. That is Ash Wednesday this year. So we just really have a very short journey before, again, a new focus. Yeah, you know, I just watched recently a YouTube, I can't recall the title of it, but it was Bishop Barron speaking about finding the one thing and doing that well. And I think we complicate our lives, don't we? Oh, for sure. Stacking on so much expectation on ourselves and then not meeting that and then being disappointed and finding worldly things to fill in the gap. Well, if we could find the one thing that we we ask the Lord, what is the one thing that you created me for that you want me to do? Help me to know that better and help me to do that exceptionally for your glory, not for my ego, but for your glory. Oh, so this week, maybe that could be your prayer. Lord, help me find that one thing. And speaking of prayer, Scott, will you end us in prayer today? Lord, we thank you for the gospel writers. We thank you for the unfolding of the good news that we hear each and every Sunday. Help us to be inspired to live each Sunday with that enthusiasm, that we are hearing more deeply your word in our heart. Help us this week to focus in this ordinary time on what that one thing your Father calls us to. To do the will of the Father is what you said you've come to do. Help us to follow you so that we may do his will as well. We ask this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless you and have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.